Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with the esteemed Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Oh, how's it going, man? I'm doing pretty good. Are you doing all right, man? You seem a little down. Oh, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster, man. That's because you're an entrepreneur. I know. I was doing some forecasting yesterday, and I feel like we can triple revenue next year, but I'm not sure how the hell I'm going to do it. Okay. I I need some help. Well... And it's really stressing me out. I think you uh, have... Do you know how to do forecasting? Yes, I do, actually. And I've also realized that it's 100% inaccurate. So I would be more than happy to help you with your inaccurate forecasting if you want me to model that out for you. Can we drink beer at the same time? Yep. Tears and beers, baby. That's kind of what I want to talk about today because you seem a little down, but a little up at the same time. And I think that that's just the cost of being an entrepreneur. It's every day, up and down. I got to take my uppers and downers every day. But you really don't. No? No. Do you? Yeah. I don't know if you do. Maybe. But, well, anyway, today's topic is the true cost of entrepreneurism. And, you know, I, I've experienced a lot of that. I'm sure you have as well. I know you've actually talked about it on, actually, I heard you on a different podcast talking about it. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, when we started the show, we had the mission of being honest and open and transparent about the ups and downs, right? Yeah. And it's a daily roller coaster. Yeah. So with that, you know, the idea for the the topic of today's show um, came from a Facebook post that I made that, you know, had a link to an article someone else had shared with me. And I was just really, um, I want to say impressed, but I don't know if that's the right word with the kind of responses that I got. But the article itself was a few years old, but it talked about really the ups and downs and like the depression, anxiety, and all the different stuff that can come with being an entrepreneur. Have you experienced some of that? Absolutely. Okay. Well, we can talk about it, but I think we can go ahead and... So I did a little research because, you know, most of my days involves researching the web. Yes. Well, because all for the greater good of the startup hustle podcast. Yes. Right. So anyway, I found some information and, um, in 2010, a survey was done and it covered 242 entrepreneurs and a whopping 49% of them reported having some kind of mental health condition. I don't think that's true. You think it's higher? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I I hear you on that one. So here's the numbers you got. I mean, you have to be insane to be an entrepreneur anyways. You do. It's funny because we'll get into some of that because I have some quotes from some really well-known ones um, that really kind of just say the same thing. So depression was the highest reported condition and 30% of those surveyed said they felt depressed. And I think it's pretty easy to feel depressed as an entrepreneur because like you said, it's just those ups, those downs. One day, it's like you're about to take over the world, and the next day, it's like, oh man, get a gut punch for something else. Yeah. Well, like I, I was meet, I met with um, one of our customers at Full Scale on Monday, and um, she's 
early stage, but she's kind of, I would say she's on the different end of it. I, she's not depressed at this point, but she's overwhelmed. She's like, I got to figure out how to do this and this. And like, this is all stressful and I have to make decisions and just, ah, right. Like, right. And different personality types are going to handle that kind of stuff a lot differently than others. And I mean, she's still real early stage. That's totally different than the, Hey, I've got all these employees and I don't know how to make payroll or sales are bad or whatever the other problems are. Like totally something. I think I told you in the same, in the conversation with that same entrepreneur, I actually said something along the lines of, well, I want to make sure you're prepared for what's about to happen. Because Because this is the easiest part. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Getting ready for it is the easiest part. And, uh, you know, I think that that was in a way kind of a public service because if you let people know. You know, it's, uh, there's a lot of ups and downs. Let's talk about a few of those ups and downs. I mean, the first one's clearly financial. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think that the reason that the, de- well, the feeling of depression, I think just comes, can come, I've had it. And it's just either like, you feel like you're going, you're going to go broke or you just wasted a whole lot of money, or maybe you're just, your idea isn't as great as you thought it was. To me, I think one of the most common feelings is going to be being a little hopeless about something or another, like not knowing what to do, how are you going to solve some problem, be it raising capital, finding a customer, or finding whatever, like just kind of hopelessness. Or and w- But with that as well is that feeling of running out of money, right? right. Yep. Like you're looking at a burn rate or yep. money you have and... You know, that's something that's hard to cure. And I think that another thing, too, that's related to the depression is uh, the depression that entrepreneurs feel has a lot to do. You know, for example, you want to go raise money. I'm working on it. Get told no a lot. Absolutely. And it's almost like, uh, you know, and the thing is, you have to keep in mind is that uh, especially with like an institutional type investor, it's their job to get the best deal from you and tell they're your partner. Well, it seems like they're really excited to talk to you because they want to learn more about your industry and what you're doing just to put it in some database or spreadsheet they have. It seems to be the uh, hmm. common element. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't, you know, I think that one of the things that is, you're going to get told no a lot. Now, for me personally, um, I've been a salesperson pretty much my whole life. And get, you know, hearing no is just kind of a part of it. Next. Yeah, exactly. Just see some of you have to say that, but it can definitely feel with the ups and, you know, go with those ups and downs. Okay. ADHD. I got it. That's for sure. I have legit ADHD. I think most people are overdiagnosed, but you know, I don't think that's a mental health condition. I, I wouldn't give mine back. Now I've had a talk with a ton of people in life who feel a lot differently but I feel like the that hyperactivity or it's it's like an engine. Like I have an extra gear. Now that being said, going unchecked, ADHD can get you into, you know, we've always referred to entrepreneurial ADD. That's getting involved in too many yeah. things, or as you like to say, putting too many things in your backpack. I've got a family member that has ADHD or something along those lines. And this particular person has a hard time accomplishing anything though. Yeah, it can be different. I mean, I and I and I wouldn't be I I mean to be honest, it took me a long time in life to kind of get past that. Mm-hmm. Um at the same time, the personality style of someone that's type A or AD, you know, I, I don't run into a lot of introverted ADD ADHD people. Sure. 
I mean, the hyperactivity is kind of a type A thing, but um, they're also, I think that a lot of people in that personality type are more likely to become, to become uh, entrepreneurs. It, there's definitely a certain personality uh, for entrepreneurs. You have to be a little crazy. That's for sure. We're all a little crazy. Yeah, I think it is. And, you know, that, I, but that's going to go back to now what are the controlling and contributing factors to the ups and downs? Well, you have to, you know, I'm a personality profile in me would say that I'm not overly affected or stressed out by risk, like taking a chance. You know, I'm not like a riverboat gambler, but at the same time, you know, I understand that taking chances and, you know, some kind of risk is, well, that often leads to reward, but not, not everyone is able to kind of take that. We run into that a lot with people we talk to before we do business at full scale and you hear, sometimes you just got to do it guys. Like don't, well, some of them it. don't want to take risk, right? Yeah. They're like, well, I'll, I'll do the startup thing, but I still need to make 200 grand a year because that's what I made in my cushy corporate job. And it's like, welcome to the real world. You make zero. Right. It's hard to get the best of both worlds, yep. but you got to take that risk. Okay. So then the, 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 once again, very closely related, 27% of those surveyed reported having anxiety. I feel like that should be 87%. I think they all have anxiety. I think anxiety is probably, for me, is probably. Are some of these entrepreneurs just working a food cart or something? You mean in like that? I think maybe they've skewed the stats with these people working a food cart to think they're entrepreneurs. I would have more anxiety if I worked at a food cart than doing what I do now. Think so? Yeah, probably, man. I'm not very good at cooking at all. I don't like cooking, prepping, or cleaning up. That shit would give me anxiety. <laughs> I don't mind doing any of the other stuff we do. So, okay. Um, well, do those numbers surprise you? No, not at all. Have you experienced all of those things? Because I think you have a little ADD on some days. I think all of them on a weekly basis. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, for those of you listening, if you're, um, you know, if you're, if you're curious or you wanted to know, well, there you go. That's happened to us too. So here's a quote from Elon Musk. Running a startup is like chewing glass and staring into the abyss. After a while, you stop staring, but the glass chewing never ends. That's deep. I know. I know. I think the real question is, is the abyss that he's staring into a computer-generated reality? Different topic. Yeah. He feels kind of weird on that. But, well, I've, I think I said early in the show that I feel that um, being a startup founder is like an onion. The deeper you get into it, the more you cry. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, that's pretty, you know, I don't know, it's... I think that's another thing, too, that is probably something we could give some good advice at on is there's a really fine line between when you should quit and when you're being a quitter. Yeah, and I think I, I almost think it's not a decision you want to make yourself either. I think it's something you should rely on some mentors and advisors to help you make that decision. Do you think that so you, you do a little mentoring, as do I? How often do people listen to what you're telling them or seem to like... I think quite often. Yeah. 
I think so. If I'm not I, all the time, if but. I'm going to actively mentor someone, and I've got a few people that I work with here and there, I it, that's kind. Of, obviously, they need to make their own decisions. But you know, if you're seeking the advice of someone that has some more experience or is maybe a little more objective than you, don't try to argue as to why your position's correct. Take the data, look at it, make the decision that's in your best interest. I think trying to uh, argue why everyone else is wrong and you're right is probably going to lead to more anxiety. So, okay. Do you know who Tim Ferriss is? Sounds familiar. Well, he's written a lot of books. I think his, what was it? Uh, I don't read books. I know you don't. I wrote a book with you in it and you still won't read it. Um, the fact of the matter is this, if you're driven or an entrepreneur, a type A personality or a hundred other things, mood swings are part of your genetic hardwiring. It's a blessing and a curse. I think that describes the way I feel, mm -hmm. like almost to a T. Mm -hmm. um, I say I wouldn't give my ADD back. Well, I mean, there's a lot of times when I, I rely on that motor. I mean, it, if you don't have the energy to do it or sometimes the tenacity, and then honestly, I think it helps in business because, you know, like for me personally, focusing on sales and business development and stuff like that, like I said, having a thick skin, but not being afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, is it a curse? Yeah, because, well, I mean, you knew me for a while when I was like having legitimate like insomnia, mm -hmm. staying up. Like, I mean, I had that and that that I've actually gotten that under control. I think that, um, well, I guess we could share it like you and I both embraced the keto diet. Yeah. Recently, yep. I've, I've lost 35 pounds. I look like a different person. I kind mm -hmm. of feel like a different person, but I realized like, I mean, being a person who wrote a book about personal, professional and physical, I should probably follow my own advice. And I noticed that when I got myself into shape and I got some exercise and kind of set some rules and boundaries for myself, like I just quit working after a certain time at night. You know, I like, I think you do that too. I try to. Yeah. So you have to sometimes, um, turn it off. Mm-hmm. And that's tough to do as well, because if you're really driven, you don't want to turn it off. So what, what, all right, let's change the subject a little bit into transitions, because you went through a big one. Uh, you sold Venn Solutions. Yep. Were you depressed after that? I wouldn't say I was depressed, but it was... Were you displaced? It was kind of like, um, I don't know. Maybe the best way to describe it is feeling like you got dropped off on a tropical island somewhere and you have everything you want, but you're alone. Weird. Can you elaborate? Well, the, the, you know, the building of the company, you got your team with you, you're doing all this cool stuff. It's like real fun. It's real exciting. And all of a sudden you like kind of get off the ride and you're like all alone. You're like, what do I do now? So how long did that last? Until you got into something else? Yeah, a few months. Is that when you started Sacrifice? Was yeah. it that quickly? Yeah. Did you realize that you kind of needed to do that for your own sanity? Or was it just because you got bored? There was no way I was going to stay at home with my wife all day, every day. And if she's listening, or mine is, I'd probably feel the same way. My wife doesn't think I could set it down. You know, I tell her, I'm like, yeah, you know, my goal would be to do this, 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 or this. She's like, you'll never retire. No, I need something to do. I don't know if, I, I mean, I feel like I could retire. I just, 
I don't know. I like doing business. Though. I mean, when you, I mean, if I go back to the the old, you know, bin solutions over a long period of time, I mean, the the early days for us weren't really that stressful. It was just getting the product going, and um, that part wasn't too bad. We thought we got a big partnership, and we were on like a real high there because we thought we'd like we're going to be millionaires or something. And that kind of fell through, and it went nowhere. Yeah, so we just kept plugging away. The the one of the hardest parts along the way was um, getting into a fight with one of my business partners and that kind of ended up in a lawsuit and a bunch of problems. And that was like some of the darkest days of sitting around every day and you're like, Oh shit, we got this big rain cloud over our head of this lawsuit and problems with a business partner and whatever. And were you stressed because you thought that it was going to like implode? It was a massive distraction and we had a court injunction against us that prevented us from doing different things. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. So how'd you handle that? Just had to wait it out. God, that's like the, probably the hardest thing for me. It's like it's tied it, up in the courts. You just have to yeah. wait it out. I hate waiting. But the, then you get to, you know, kind of the golden years of, of the business, like, you know, the two or three years in the middle where like things are doing really good. We're like growing like crazy. We're kicking butt. We're taking names. I mean, yeah, there's some stress in trying to make it all work and solve all the issues and customer issues and whatever. But all in all, it's positive, right? They're all positive problems. Um, but, you know, then eventually when you sell it, you kind of feel like you you step off the roller coaster and you're, you're like, what do I do now? Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, I've talked with you a lot about that. We've talked with that about, you know, some on the show. And it's, you know, here, here comes, all right, so... A lot of us, when we talk about our business or our startup or whatever we're doing, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, and it'll be great if we can sell it and exit. It sounds like a like bittersweet celebration. I'd rather build something and maybe keep it that's super profitable. I think all the people that want to sell shit don't build things that actually make money. Do, maybe. Do startups make money? They should. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, all the ones that are hurry, trying to hurry up and exit are the ones that don't make any money. What did you hear, hear this week that Stackify is growing too fast? Yeah, I had a VC tell me that. That's weird. Like, oh, you guys are growing too fast. I'd like, really what? like to have that person on the podcast and find out exactly where that comes from. How do you grow too fast? I don't, we grew we grew eighty percent year over year, and I guess that's too fast. Well, but why is that a that would have been a concern? They said twenty five to forty percent was normal. Well, that's exactly why. It's still should, pretty fast. That's exactly why you should be in the target range. Um, so, do you have any tips or tricks for snapping yourself out of like the the down moments or anything like that besides beer do you even drink or beer? meds meds Friends. i take meds man i'm i i take add meds every day i have for man almost my whole life i think you just have to keep plugging away for like no matter what happens you just got to keep going i i definitely have these like momentum swings and i'm sure you know that you see them occasionally for me, I try to recognize the times when I'm, when I feel like I'm, well, you'll hear me, I'll say I'm on a heater. Mm -hmm. And if, if I have that going and, you know, for me, I, someone with ADD, I really value the moments and times and segments in which I feel really focused. And I, I can't always control when those occur. Like, 
what time of day. Um, sometimes they can go on, it can go on for days or weeks. And then sometimes I'm like kind of struggling and clawing to find it. Um, I think as I've gotten older, you know, I turned 43 this year. So as I've gotten older, I've learned to identify it a lot and just kind of honestly kick my own ass. Um, you know, like you said, just kind of like, you got to get up and go do stuff. I think the hardest part is sometimes not, is not knowing what to do. Right. Like, what do I do today? I don't even know where to start. That's one of the hardest feelings. I would love that problem right now. But that, but that's back to that overwhelmed, overwhelmed feeling. Because mm-hmm. if you have such a giant list, it's like where you can start. And you know, always hear me say something like when it comes to your start, like just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just do something. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, you know, I used to work with this guy, Dave Mikowski, who used to say, uh, "Activity breeds sales." And it was, it's the same kind of mentality, you know, with that, he's saying like, call people, do something, do outreach, talk to, you know, some Mm -hmm. kind of activity. But I think that that goes well when it comes to being productive. Like if you're just sitting there going, what do I need to do? Then you're definitely not going to get things in motion. Now, there's a couple facts about anxiety. Anxiety occurs because in, in most people, because there is something, there is an unresolved something. It could be like, do you ever wake up at three in the morning and then you're just awake until eight? Very rarely, every once in a while. And and the last time it happened was because I was thinking so hard about trying to solve some computer programming problem. And so, and that's a perfect example. Like at that point, laying in your bed and just staring at the ceiling is not your best option. Yeah. I was like, I I have to figure this out. Did you get up and do it? I did. And did it, and did your anxiety go away or did it lessen? I don't remember. I bet it's because it did. feels like with software, there's always the next problem. So, yeah, but my, you know, I think that, (laughs) but that exists with a lot of things. And I always tell people, I feel like the businesses that I've been involved in speak to me and, you know, like I'm not schizophrenic, at least I don't admit it. What is full scale saying to you now? That it's growing so fast that I better wrap my arms around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we man, we haven't been doing a whole lot of podcasts lately, and that's really the reason why. No, and you're going to be traveling around the world for the next three weeks. I know. Are we going to talk about that already? Maybe. I mean, well, first off, I just hired our 136th employee in Cebu. That's crazy. I know. We had 12 on March 5th. That's really crazy. 12. Yeah. Um, honestly, we could probably have more, you know, the anxiety that hasn't, you know, full scale hasn't produced a lot of anxiety, the anxiety that that business and its rapid growth have produced are more so related to, uh, operations. It's dealing with employees and getting them to do what we want them to do and getting the right uh, procedures Mm -hmm. and people in place. Like we just hired a COO, CFO, Mm -hmm. Daryl Blackburn. Yeah. We can admit that publicly. He's now. a rock star. He is. He's doing uh, well. Daryl worked with me. He was the intern, and he uh, in Million Dollar Bedroom, and he came in and did some podcasts with mm-hmm. me about that. Yeah. And that was that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's like thank God for people that want to do all the things that we don't want to do. God, where would you you want to talk about anxiety? Where would you be without the supporting cast? Absolutely. Any, oh my God, and and maybe that's another great set of advice when it comes to lessening your anxiety or depression is try to get the right people around. Yeah. You absolutely got to hire the people around you to do the things that you're not good at or don't want to do or that are low value compared to what you can do. Right. Like we determined at full scale earlier this year that probably my 
it was more valuable for me to act in a sales and business development capacity than it was to work as an admin. Sure. And I don't even like doing that stuff sure. anyway. So it was stressing me out. It was sucking up all my time. And that's probably why I actually sleep at night now. I don't have to do any of that. You get to sell stuff and ring the bell. I like selling stuff. I don't have a bell though. We have maybe, Ooh, we should get a cash register sound. <laughs> That'd be cool. I, if we'd had one on the podcast and we would just completely annoy. You've our got your sound effects board over there. You got to figure it out. Yeah, but it doesn't really work like that, Matt. Okay. I think it just like, it just does. It just does. does. <laughs> Echoes. <laughs> anyway. Oh, geez. Yeah, I know. I'll be carried um, away here. I know. So, okay. Well, what else do you like? All right. I th- here's the stark reality of startups. Most are going to fail. They are. <laughs> That's probably a big reason for feeling. Is depressed. it like 80 or 90% of them? What I, is the number? Is there really an, is there really an accurate reporting is mechanism it? for that? And then what is a startup? Cause apparently Uber is a freaking startup, yeah, we which have I don't understand. That. Like, I don't, how well, can you still be a startup when you're going public? Isn't it? So one way to look at it is like, uh, what's the survival rate of a business uh, that makes it to, to being in business for five years? They say after two years, it's something like 80, 90% flop. Now, if it's a franchise, that's a very small single digit number. And that's because franchises come with an owner's manual. Mm-hmm. They're already a proven business. Getting model. to that five year mark is really difficult. Yeah, I think it is too. And, you know, like, so if you're getting ready to start a business, you're going to have a lot of sleepless nights. There's no way around that. And if you don't, you probably, I actually, you know what, if someone came in and asked me to invest in their business, I think I'm going to start when they do that, I'm going to start asking them, how well do you sleep at night? And if they say poorly, then I might write a check. If they say that they sleep well, then I don't have the right person. They sleep like a baby. It's the wrong person. Yeah. I think maybe we could almost come up with an investment checklist based on that. All right. So, you know, I think some other things too, that, um, you know, some of the timing, like, I think, I think if you, my mentality, all right. So this was the hardest part for me. I think we can, uh, you shared some of your stuff with Vin. So at the end of 2016, I walked away from a business that was doing a lot of business. It's making a lot of money. I wasn't happy at all, at all. And I made a conscious, in order to, I had to make a change because I I knew I could do more and I wanted to do more and I wanted to involve myself with just different stuff. And, uh, that required a lot of balls and then later a lot of money to get through it. I Mm -hmm. I didn't make any money in 2017, you know, like I literally had to in many ways reinvent myself, which is a process. Like if you're trying to do that on a really high and major level, there's a lot that goes into it and it doesn't happen overnight. Like it really doesn't. So you start looking at, for me, I had a, well, I mean, I don't know what we would call a lot of money, but it was enough that I didn't want to see it all go away. Right. Yep. And here you are, you're flapping your wings and you're flying closer and closer and closer to the sun and it's getting warmer. And you're like, God, I really shouldn't be flying this close to the sun. So you fly even closer maybe even directly into it. I'm not sure. Ask me again in a year because, you know, like I went out of, out of one business, literally December. I'll never forget the day, December 15th, 2016. It's when we walked away from our ticket business and uh, it had produced a lot of 
income and lifestyle. And I almost, I feel like it was probably more stressful to do that than it was when we started it. Because we didn't have anything to lose. There was nothing to lose. Like, do you ever want to be the guy that had a million dollars? Not really. That's like a shitty designation to be in. Like, I think that was probably the thing that I kind of feared. Now, at the same time, while I was going through a lot of that, I had to also keep buying stock in myself. Like I knew, I know that I'm good at making money. Now, where is that? Well, when you and I became business partners, we thought it was maybe something a little different than what it became. Yeah. And, but I knew that I would get it figured out. The question is, is do you get that figured out before the wax on your wings melts and you plummet to the earth? Cause that is really what it felt like. I think I flew directly through the sun. You have wax on your wings. Well, that's the old story of Icarus who, you know, it's a Greek story. He took bird wings and wax and made wings and he flew around and it was really awesome. And then he flew too close to the I, sun. And I don't the, think I'm old enough to know this. Yeah, I'm not either, Matt. I'm not either. Um, Although, you know, we talk about statues. I have been telling you with my new fitness routine that, uh, you know, I'm busy sculpting my guns. Yeah. My wife doesn't seem to find that that entertaining. I keep offering her tickets to the gun show as well, and she doesn't (laughs) want to go. I don't get it. But, but no, I, you know, so I, I think just in general, change is hard. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. And, and balance me in my book. I, I literally say that on like the second page, like you have to sometimes admit that you're the problem. I don't think that was the case with, with my changes, but then I, you know, say change is hard and that's why most people fail at. Well, being an entrepreneur is hard. Creating any kind of software product is hard. Any kind of business. Yeah. And so for the entrepreneurs out there that are, have some idea that's related to software, they'll all of a sudden thrust themselves into a software (sighs) business. There's so much to learn around just the complexity and timing and everything else to building a software product that they're in for a rude awakening. And why is that? Because it's hard. And there's a lot of stuff out there already too. Yeah. It's really hard. And getting people to adopt it. It's not, you know, it's just expensive. Life is getting expensive. How does anybody afford to operate in California? They hire people in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. That's right. We have some clients yeah, from California that really enjoy the cost structure we help. Yeah, because you can't afford to pay two hundred grand a year for a software developer in Silicon Valley. Well, that can help the fi- ease, ease the financial concern. Is uh, I always say you can sell more or spend less or do both. So speaking of which, it's pretty likely that the next podcast we publish is, well, we're in Kansas City right now. How's the weather outside, Matt? Uh, it's cold. Was it 30 degrees or something, maybe? In the middle of the day. Yeah, it's cold. It's going to get worse, but we're heading. Uh, we're going to go do some tropical stuff. We're right? going to the beach, baby. I know. I can't wait. Just Can we record a podcast on the beach? Ooh, I like that. Um you know what I think is awesome about this trip? We're having a huge, a huge oh, come on party. Don't make fun of me. 
I'm not huge. Oh, what? Yeah, I huge. didn't realize you could pronounce huge. H's. Yeah, I'm gonna actually clip that out for your wife and send it to her because <laughs> she's the one that told me. Yeah, we're having a Christmas party, man, for it's like, like 300 people. Maybe more. Maybe more. Now that I'm seeing the booking, and you're gonna man. be Santa. Yeah, I agreed to be Santa. Can I be an elf? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to be an elf? Yeah. Why not? I'm looking forward to it. We're doing a, a so we, uh, I'll, it'll definitely reduce my anxiety, uh, having the party and watching everyone that has helped us be successful over there. Have a good time. Yeah. We've literally invited entire families, um, at a beach resort, uh, for the day. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. When they, uh, you know, that's one of the, I think one of the more interesting things about business as it gets bigger, we're like actually like talking about multiples. You're like, yeah, let's have a Christmas party. And then they say, okay, you realize that we will probably have 350 people there. And you're like, oh wow, what's that going to cost? It's a lot of people. It's a lot of money too, but I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it will be fun. So I'm looking I'm forward to you that. Seeing you at Santa. And, and then, yeah, I know. God, I'm going to have to plan that. Can I tear the sleeves off and like cut the pants in half? Because dude, a full-on Santa outfit and a 90-degree day in the sun in the Philippines sounds miserable. Are you going to sit on my lap? No. Hard pass. Are you said, is that not what elves do? No, I'm not sitting on your lap. Okay. That's probably a good thing. I will put the kids on your lap if you want. I don't, I'll pick man, them up and put I don't them on your know, lap. I don't know what level, a true level of commitment I have. Because, dude, all right, let's do the math here. We have 136 employees, and that means if 350 people come, that could be like a, I mean, I could like, that could be like a four-hour shift. It's like you at the mall. Have you seen Bad Santa? Oh, yeah. Because I would probably turn into that. <laughs> I mean, I probably would and be like, or like the, the part, what was it? A Christmas story where he just finally gets up to Santa and tells him he wants a red rider BB gun and Santa like kicks him down the slide. Oh, we need a slide. Yes. If we haven't ordered it now, let's not do it. Okay. A lot. We're going to, but no, it's going to be uh, fun. We're going to, we're going to give away some awards, which I don't think we've determined what those are yet. What would some awards be? I don't we know. were going to give an award to the person that has worked the most hours this year, but give the award to their wife. I love that one. Yeah, I think that's a good one. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to once again broadcasting the Startup Hustle from Cebu. I want to maybe do something. Oh, man. Are we going to do the speaking bee? Yeah. I'm gonna, yes. Okay. For those of you yes. for those of you listening, I'm going to get smoked. Yes, you will. I, I mean, it's not even going to be close. So, but I, you know, in regards to my travels around the entire planet, I think I'm going to save that for another one. Okay. I think we'll, we'll talk about that a little more. I think that almost warrants its own topic. So, well, I feel a lot better talking about all these problems that I've had. Um, I feel like it's really kind of gotten it out of my system and I can get back to work now. How do you feel about it? I feel great. I still got to go figure out how to triple my business next year and raise the capital. I need to do it. So you're going to get depressed again? Can I get some time on your couch? We can talk about this more. Yeah. My rate's three fifty an hour. It'll make it'll help my depression, I think, a little bit. I'll tell you what. We'll get back with everyone about how that worked out. All right. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.